One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. If you have a Bible, grab it with me and turn to Genesis chapter 13. We're going to get there in just a few minutes. But uh, as we've mentioned already, today is our Vision Sunday. And uh, I'm so glad you're here today. Who's excited about Vision Sunday? Who's, who's more excited about Vision than you are about Super Bowl? I hope so. Good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And that's Brad's down here decked out uh, in his, uh, that's Chief's stuff you're wearing there? Is that right? I saw the red. <laughs> He's leaving. He's offended. Uh, but uh, anyway, he was more excited about vision than he was about Super Bowl. But I'm so excited that we're all here today uh, on this Super Bowl Vision Sunday. And uh, what an awesome, awesome time of worship that was. Wasn't it awesome? Uh, let's put our hands together. You don't know who the guy was that was up here, but that's David and Emily Santa Stevens. And uh, David and Emily are some great friends of ours. Uh, have been friends for years. David was a uh, worship leader at Allison Park Church uh, in Pittsburgh for 11 years and uh, was there. That's a, a church that's kind of a sister church of ours. Some of you uh, rem- remember John and Carly Klein. They came from there or uh, Ricardo Ferrari. He's now there. And uh, so that's where, uh, that's where David and Emily are from. That's kind of their home church, but they're now traveling around the country in a Motorhome. We were talking about the differences between campers and motorhomes, and motorhome is a higher level, okay? So they're in a motorhome. Campers, kind of that crank it up for the weekend sort of thing. They're uh, a few notches up from that, but traveling around the country, and we're so blessed to have you guys uh, here today, and uh, they had a great time. David did yesterday with our, uh, with our worship team in a songwriting session, and so we're excited to hear the songs that come out of that. And uh, well, let's, uh, let's pray, and we're going to get into the scripture today. Um, and, and let's pray, first of all, because as we talk about Vision Sunday, um, you know, vision sometimes can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, certainly, there's some practical ways that we need to work that out, but beyond and really superseding organizational strategy, uh, vision is really something that the Holy Spirit does in our hearts. And so I just want to pray today that God would fill us with faith, uh, that, that we would grab hold like a San Francisco 49ers receiver in the end zone grabs hold of that ball for the winning touchdown, that we would, that was for you, Brad, that we would grab hold of the word today and uh, receive everything that God has for us. So let's pray, and then we're going to get into this scripture. So Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your word. God, thank you for your people here today. Lord, thank you for what you are doing. And God, we pray that you would fill our hearts this morning with faith, God. We pray against every distraction and every discouragement of the enemy. God, we pray that your spirit would be welcome in this place today. God, that there would be an atmosphere of faith. Father, we pray for every person, Lord, whether they're serving in kids today, whether they're in the mom's room this morning watching this, Lord, or even if they're watching online, God, we pray, Father, that you would grip our hearts with faith for the great vision that you have for our lives. Lord, we thank you for it today. God, let us leave this place, Lord, inspired for what you have called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 13. Verse 14, 
Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. Uh, If you don't know where that is, it's just like a few pages into the Bible. But I want to read just a couple of verses to set the stage uh, on where we're going today as we talk about vision. And it says this, this is the Lord speaking to Abram. Abram became Abraham. He was the father of our faith. And it says, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now. If you have your Bible, underline that. Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. In other words, look in every direction for all the land which you see, I give to you and to your descendants forever. Uh, God says to Abram, Abram, I want you to lift up your eyes and I want you to look at all of the land that you can see around you. Look as far as you can in every direction because everything that you can see, I'm going to give to you. And, And I really love that verse because I believe that that carries with it the call to vision. The call that God has for every single one of us who have put our faith in Jesus to live our lives filled with vision. I I love this passage of Scripture, and I think it, it contains such a powerful call and commission to every single one of us not to just get stuck in uh, just kind of meandering through life, but to, to, to lift our eyes And there's a couple of things I want you to see in this passage. The first thing I want you to see is he says, I want you to look from the place you are. Look from the place you are. Why? Because vision always begins with where you're at. Write that down. Vision always begins with where you're at. Have you ever met somebody that has some dream that's somewhere out there over the rainbow and it's totally disconnected from anything that they are doing or heading towards today. I mean, have you ever met somebody that they, they, they want to have some major business, but they're not even faithful with their finances today? You know what I'm saying? There's some people that they've got some sort of idea that something is out there, and somehow it's just going to drop into them, but they're not doing anything where they're at. And the first thing that I believe we need to see is that vision always begins where we are. Vision always begins where we're at. I heard a hum behind me. Is that, okay, I didn't know if there was an ejection that was going to launch me out or something. I didn't know what was happening. But vision always starts where we're at. You see, if vision, listen to this, if vision is not connected to where you're at, it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. If, if, if you're not being faithful in the place where you are, that's not a God-given vision. That's a fantasy. Vision always starts with where we're at. And so as we talk about vision for 2020, it's important that we first begin with where we're at. Sometimes it's easy to want to look to the future and ignore where you're at. But God will never take you to where he's wanting to bring you until we learn to be thankful and faithful where we are. And so as we start looking into the future in 2020, it's important for us to really look at where we are as a church and maybe even to look back at 2019. And I don't know if you realize this, but 2019 was an awesome, awesome year. 
I don't know if you've just moved on, you've closed the chapter, and you've forgotten about the amazing things that God did for, for families in our church and for our church collectively in 2019. 2019 was an amazing, amazing year. We saw people get saved in 2019. We saw people get healed in 2019, like legit healings. We saw miracle babies being born in 2019. We saw people get baptized in 2019. We officially appointed our eldership team as a church in 2019. By God's grace, we were able to get an office space and a midweek little meeting space in 2019, which maybe that doesn't seem that exciting to you, but if you were in the worship team that was driving to Jacksonville every Thursday night, no, not really Jacksonville, but it's an awesome thing. We were able to increase our staff in 2019, bring new people on in 2019. We were able to run Alpha twice in 2019. Dozens of people coming in contact with the good news of Jesus Christ. In 2019, we were able to build two orphanage homes in El Salvador and contribute towards a chapel on the property there in 2019. We did uh, all kinds of things. We started a creative design team in 2019. And I don't know if you have noticed how amazing the graphics and the videos and everything have been lately. If you want to know what happened, we actually no longer subbed that out. We had people in the church that have those gifts that began to use those gifts. How incredible was that video that we just watched? That wasn't, that wasn't a company in Nashville or something. That was people right here in our church. And uh, that was, uh, I mean, I'll just mention a couple of those things. The Milk and Honey series that we did, it was beautiful. I mean, it was delicious. It was awesome. The Temple series that we did, and this, this video that you saw today. And here's the reason I'm sharing those things with you is because those are not just about nice little organizational uh, advancements. Every single one of those things represent something that God is doing in the life of our church. Um, in fact, even the, the, the whole vision theme that, that you saw in the video was a, an idea that I felt like God put in my heart, and without even knowing about it, Dylan York sent me this graphic design that was exactly what I was envisioning without us even discussing it. And so God is doing awesome, awesome things. And uh, in fact, I want one of our creative uh, team members just to come up today, and I'm going to grab this mic right over here, and um, hopefully I don't make anything scream or anything like that. But I, I want you guys just to hear uh, what God is doing in people's lives. And so I want to ask Alex Lupinek just to come up. And can we put our hands together for Alex? <laughs> Alex Alex was the one, the man behind the magic, uh, who filmed that video and put things together. And uh, Alex, uh, thank you so much, man, for the way that you've served in the church. You've done things, honestly, that some people don't even know about, that you've been a blessing um, to the church. But I know that this is not about some just let's have an organizational strategy and let's kind of work out that plan. Really, God's been doing something in your life. And so I'd love for you to just share for a couple of minutes uh, what God's done in your life over the recent months. You've been in church your whole life. 
but something has happened lately. So could you just tell us uh, what that is and, and whatever's on your heart? Well, hey, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> I think this is my first time up here, and I'm nervous to talk in front of all of y'all. But uh, um, I'm going to give us a very short background uh, on me so that there's context for what I'll tell you, and that is that I was raised in a Christian family, um, went to 10-plus years of private Christian school and two years of private Christian college, and, um, and I've always loved the Lord. Um and just recently, and this is, I have a 30-minute story I can tell any of you who want to hear it later, <laughs> so I'll try to condense it to five minutes because it's busy. Um, but right around the time that, uh, it was a perfect storm of events, right around the time that my son, my first son was being born, um, the Lord really started pushing on me and um, changing my heart towards everything in my life. I realized that my whole life I'd always prayed this line that many of you might have prayed is that uh, right at the end of all my prayers, I'd say, Lord, help me to honor and glorify you in all that I do. Mm. And, and, th and that's biblical. God calls mm -hmm. us to be holy as he is holy. And he calls us to live our lives as sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. And he said, you're not actually doing that. <laughs> you've, pray you've prayed those words for your whole life. But every time that you prayed them, in your mind, you said, I want to honor you and glorify you and all that I do except for these things. Mm. Um, and so right around the time my son was born, this is just kind of built and built and built. And um, I, I, when you have a kid, as many of you have, it really changes your perspective. Um, and I started thinking, how am I um, supposed to uh, teach him uh, not to lust? if I allow lust in my life? Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to teach him to be honorable in his finances if I'm not doing it in my life? How am I supposed to teach him to have nothing to do with uh, the fruitless deeds of darkness if I allow even a hint of that in my life? Mm -hmm. um, and so the Lord, I, the Lord said, I want you to be holy as I am holy. And I said, how? He says, this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He said, no matter what circumstance you come across in your life, no matter what you're dealing with, I'm telling you how to handle it right here. And if you truly desire to live your life as a sacrifice, holy and pleasing to me, you will live it according to my word and everything that it says. Um, and I'm just so thankful. Um, I'm still a wretched, black-hearted sinner in need of a Savior. And my, my righteousness is filthy rags in his sight but it's not going to stop me um, from trying to be holy as he is holy. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Alex, thank you so much. Um, and I, I just, again, want to say thank you uh, for, the, for allowing God to work in your life. You know, there's a line in that video that says, uh, simple people who, just, who simply say yes. And that's what you have done. And so thank you so much. For that, we're so excited about what God's doing. And I told you a few weeks ago when we had talked that God is calling you into a deeper, deeper place. And I know that he's doing that for many of us. So thank you so much for being willing to share that this morning. We love you so much. I'll let you put that mic, if you would, back right over there on that mic stand. So awesome. So I, I wanted Alex to share just because sometimes we hear the story, I hear the stories, or, or some of us hear the stories, but you don't always get to hear the stories of what God's doing. So when we talk about 
church and we talk about vision for the church, we're not talking about widgets, okay? We're talking about God transforming people's lives. We've seen incredible things happen. I love to tell the story uh, about uh, Tracy, and we've shared that story before, who works with Steph Sims. And Steph invited her coworker Tracy to Alpha last February, just a year ago this month. And uh, Tracy came to Alpha. God transformed her life. And then in the fall, Tracy brought Naya to Alpha. Naya came, gave her life to the Lord. And uh, now, just, just some months later, there's uh, lives and really families that will be impacted as a result of that. And so that's what we're talking about. As we've talked about the Jesus life together, that's what we're talking about. And so today, as we, uh, as we look at, first of all, where we're at, because vision starts where we're at, it's also important to recognize that vision doesn't just stay where, where we're at. God said to Abram, lift up your eyes. Look beyond where you're at. Look at the horizon. Look as far as you can see. And notice this, he says that all that you can see, I am giving to you. In other words, if you can't see it, God won't give it to you. Everything that you see, I will give to you. And so if we're going to receive more from God in 2020 than we have in the past, if we're going to go further in God in 2020 than we have in the past, we've got to see further than we have in the past. That would have been a good time to say amen. Amen. We've got to see more than we have in the past. I want to stir you today on the importance of vision, because vision is really an expression of faith. And the Bible says this, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so if vision is an expression of faith, I believe we could say that if, there, if you don't have vision, you cannot please God, because vision is the expression of faith. In fact, just a couple chapters later, after the passage we read a moment ago, God encounters Abram, and he establishes his covenant of faith with Abram. And the Bible says this in Genesis 15, verse 1, and let's put it up on the screen. Genesis 15, verse 1, God says to Abram, and I want you to catch this, everybody, mom's room too, I want you to catch this. After these things, listen to this, the word of the Lord came to Abram. How did it come to him? In a vision. The word of the Lord came to Abram. I had always read that in the past up until this week. I always read it. The Lord came to Abram. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. In other words, how did God speak to Abram to establish the covenant of faith? He spoke to him in a vision. The Bible says this, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Notice that God says, I'm your reward. What's the greatest thing that God could give to us? God. The greatest vision that we can have for our lives is more of God. But because God is so good and his nature is to bless, Abram says, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? Then Abram said, listen to this, Abram said, 
look, you have given me no offspring. Look, I don't have a child in my house. Look, the crib is empty. Look, I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Then God, uh, then Abram, uh, I'm sorry, it goes on to say, uh, indeed, one born in, my, uh, born in my house is my heir. Verse 4, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Listen, then he brought him outside and he said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he, Abram, believed the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Abram, the patriarch of our faith, the model of faith, the model of a kingdom man was accounted righteous that day. What was he accounted righteous for? Believing the vision that God had given to him. You see, there's two ways that you can see the world. You can see the world the way that Abram saw the world. He said, look, I have no offspring. Look, I have no child. You see, he was looking through the natural. It was simply an observation. How many of you know it doesn't take any faith to see an observation? It doesn't take any, uh, any great uh, word from God just to see what it is in the natural. And some of us live our lives according to observation. Look, God, look at, look at this spouse that you've given to me. Look at these kids that you've given to me. Look at this job that I have. Look at this car that I drive. As if God doesn't know. And, but, it's, but God said, no, don't just look at that. Don't look at just where you're at. I want you to look up at the stars. What was he doing? He was giving him a vision of the blessing that God wanted to bring into his life. The New Testament says that this was the gospel that was preached to Abram. He believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. So you can live your life. Let's put this on the screen. You can live your life just out of natural observation or you can live your life out of spiritual revelation. Observation is what I see in the natural. It doesn't take anything other than opening your eyelids to see in the natural. But revelation is what God has said. Revelation is when you begin to see God in the natural. I don't have any children, but what God says is your children shall be as numerous as the stars in the sky. You see, vision, listen to me, vision is this, when you, when you begin to see what God says. Vision is when you begin to see what God says. And God wants us to begin to grab hold of the vision that he has called us to. What, what, the, 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 what the word is telling us that he has prepared for us. The Bible says this in Amos chapter 3 verse 7. Listen, the, the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. That word prophets, the original word simply means seers. In other words, those who see. Those who see not just in the natural, but those who see in the spirit. And God says through the prophet Amos, I don't do anything on the earth 
unless I first give people a vision. Let me say it this way. If we can't see it, God won't do it. If you can't see it, God won't do it. If you can't receive something first in your spirit by faith that is not yet manifest in the natural, if you can't first get an inward picture on the inside of you of what God has said he's going to do already coming to pass, he won't do what he said he will do. Why? Because it's faith. Vision is an expression of faith. And faith is that gap filler between where we're at and where God is taking us. Vision is an expression of that faith that's taking hold of those two things. And so if we can't see it, God won't do it. In other words, if you're believing God for something in 2020, you need to allow the word. You don't just base it off of what you want. You base it off of what God says he's going to give it to. He's going to give to you, but then you allow that to begin to form a picture on the inside of you, in your spirit. I love what David says in Psalm 27, verse 13. He says, I would have lost heart. Is anybody weary in your heart today, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What's he saying? He's saying, I've been in some pretty desperate places. I've been in some places that if I just looked with my natural eyes, I would have lost heart. But I didn't, I didn't just live according to what I saw with my natural eyes. I opened up the eyes of faith. I opened up the eyes of my spirit. I did what the scripture says when it says we walk by faith and not by sight. And so although I see this in the natural, I'm not going to live out of observation. I'm going to live out of revelation. If God says it, I'm going to begin to see it, and I'm going to begin to receive it by faith. I would have lost heart. If you're discouraged, you need to allow the Word of God to give you a vision for your life. You see, the gospel changes the way we see the world. Before you meet Jesus, before Jesus comes into your life, all you see is what is. All you see is what isn't. But when Jesus comes into your life, although in the natural you still see what is and what isn't, in the spirit you begin to see what could be and what should be. And you begin to live your life, not just in the natural, but you begin to live your life in this spirit. And you begin to receive by faith what God has for you. And so I want to stir us today on this Vision Sunday 2020 to lift up our eyes. Don't get caught just where you're at. Vision will give energy to your life. The Bible says this about Abram, that he did not waver uh, through unbelief. He did not consider his body, though it was as good as dead, but he believed God. How did Abram conceive a baby at 100 years old? He had a vision that produced strength in his body. And so God wants to impart vision into your life for what you have. Man, that would be a good time to say amen. Amen. You better not cheer for the Super Bowl tonight if you're quiet this morning, okay? And so what would it look like? I know y'all are conserving your energy. What would it look like... um, 
If we began to do what God's called us to do, what would it begin to look like in our community? We've talked for the last 12 months or more about living the Jesus life together, about not just being a church-going believer, because the Bible says that even the demons believe. How many of you know if that's the category of faith, that's a low bar, right? God's called us not just to believe uh, in this ethereal way. He's called us uh, to, to follow to be followers of Jesus. So what would happen if about 120 or 200 people in the park district of Orlando and Winter Park, what if that number of people actually began to get really serious about living the Jesus life? What would happen in the community? Uh, Here's what I believe would happen Because this is what happened 2,000 years ago when 120 people filled with the power of the Holy Spirit started living a radical Jesus life. It became a little foretaste of heaven on earth. It became a little little sampling uh, of what will come in fullness in eternity. And so that's our heart. That's our vision for 2020, that, that we would experience the life of God, the kingdom of God here as it is in heaven. Now, of course, there is a fullness yet to come, but I believe God wants us to step into a greater place. I believe God wants us to begin to see our community, not as it is and isn't, but as it could be and it should be. Uh, One evening, I was driving down Mills Avenue from my house to my office, and I felt like the Lord just opened my eyes for a moment. It's a route I take all the time, but I began to see, not just in the natural I began to see in the Spirit. I began to see things that are not in alignment with the will of God and the purpose of God. And I thought, what would it look like if we as a church really became the hands and feet of Jesus in this community? It would have an impact, not just here in the museum on Sundays, but it would have an impact down Mills Avenue throughout the week. It would have an impact down your street during the week. It would become a little bit of heaven on earth. And that's God's Eternal plan is that heaven would be manifest on earth. And I know that may sound like a lofty goal, a lofty concept, a lofty idea to you. So maybe you're asking today, well, how do we do that? What's the plan? If you're a planner, what's the plan? Well, I'm glad you asked because actually the Bible gives us God's original plan for heaven coming to earth, for colonizing earth from heaven In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, and it's really a mirror of what we often think of as the Great Commission, Genesis 1, verse 28, and it says this, God blessed them, Adam and Eve. This was the first experience of mankind. They were blessed, a projection of God's goodness into our lives. Anybody blessed here this morning through Jesus? Amen. God blessed them, and he said to them, Increase or be fruitful, increase, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So what was God's original intention for people that have received his blessing, his goodness, uh, the, the projection of his goodness into our lives, which we have received by faith through Jesus, that we would increase, that we would multiply, and that we would fill the earth. That really is a mirror of what we often call the Great Commission as the scripture says in Acts chapter 1, 
verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Increase, multiply, fill the earth. That's God's plan for bringing heaven to earth. And so I want us to look at those three things and I just want to lay out a little bit some spiritual things and some practical outworkings for what I believe that God has called us to in 2020. The first thing I want to talk about is increasing. Increasing. How do we increase? Well, I believe that happens in a few ways, but here's what I believe that God wants us to see today. This is what I have in my heart, that we would begin to see ourselves as a church, not of just 200 people, but that we would begin to see ourselves as a church of 500 people that are living the Jesus life together. Now, some of you hear that and say, 500, is it all about numbers? No, you didn't hear the word after that, people. 500 people. It's not all about numbers. It's all about people. God loves people. When we talk about 500, we're talking about people that li- whose lives are impacted as Alex's life was impacted. We're talking about people whose lives are impacted like Tracy's life and Naya's life and many of you across this room as your lives have been impacted. And so I believe God wants to begin to give us a greater vision for numerical growth. I believe wholeheartedly that Christians, it's not just about how many people we have in the room. It's about what's happening within us. That's why we've spent a year talking about what does it actually mean to be a disciple of Jesus. So that now, as we become mobilized, we are prepared to see more disciples made. So what does that mean practically? That means we, need, we want to see more decisions for Christ. We want to see more people being baptized. We want to see more people on our, in our Sunday gatherings coming and getting connected. We, uh, we want to see growth in the church. Now, some of you may say, well, I like a small church. Let me just say this to you. I'm glad God didn't say, I like a small heaven. I just, this is very comfy and cozy, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We just kind of got our little crew up here. Aren't you glad that he had a vision to expand? Come on, aren't you glad that he said, we got to take down this pipe and drape. We got to open up some more seats, amen? We've got to get serious about reaching those people that are far off. And I believe that's true for every one of us. I want to stir you today. Is it all, is it just about getting more people in the room? No, it's about seeing more people's lives changed. And the Bible's pretty clear about this, that if you don't love people whom you do see, then you don't love God whom you don't see. Okay, so if you say, I don't really care about my neighbors, I don't really care about my coworker, I just kind of need to come and get my worship on, I just kind of want to have a nice cup of coffee, have a nice little worship, get a little word for the week. Well, the Bible says this, you don't love God, okay? I'd like to candy coat that, sugar coat it, but the scripture is going to speak for itself, okay? So we got to love people. we got to love people. we got to have a vision for more. That means, how's that going to happen? Are they just going to drop out of the sky? How are more people going to follow Jesus? No, here's how it's going to happen. You're going to win your friends. We're going to win our neighbors. We're going to invite people. God's going to work through us. We're going to talk about some ways that we're going to do that. But one practical thing is we're starting an events and marketing team. 
An events and marketing team, that's kind of organizational language for saying we're just going to go love our city. We're going to serve our city. We're going to do some practical things in our city to express the love of God in our city. Marjorie Stone, and we'll have her share more about the plan in the upcoming weeks, but she's going to be leading that events and marketing team. And what are we trying to do? We're just trying to spread the word that heaven has come to earth. That there's a little piece of heaven that you can experience on Sundays in the Orlando Museum of Art. So an events and marketing team, we're going to start not only an events and marketing team. Let's keep this up on the screen. I think we should have this. Not only an events and marketing team, but we're also going to start an emergency response team. Because how many of you know if you get more people, not everybody's like perfectly put together when they come. How many of you know people bring problems? Some, you know, like a church is perfect. Oh, there's Marjorie down here. Marjorie, would you stand up just so everybody can see? Marjorie's going to be leading the events and marketing team. She's putting the plan together. So if you have a heart for that, you need to see her. But, but when more people come, uh, m- more people, more problems, or potential for more problems. I mean, you know, that can be a whole array of things. But very practically, of course, we've all seen the worst-case scenario uh, of situations play out in our news. And we want to pray that by God's grace, those sorts of things would never, ever happen. But we also want to be prepared in, 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 for every scenario. And so we want to be prepared for worst case scenario, but we also want to be pre- prepared for the very practical things of what happens when a kid, uh, you know, chokes on a toy in, in kids' church. You know what I'm saying? And so we need people who maybe have a passion for security. That doesn't mean you have to be a sniper for Jesus, but just have a passion <laughs> for security. Or you, you're, you're a, uh, I see some of you are like, yeah, I've been waiting for my opportunity. <laughs> you got a passion for people is, again, what I said. Um, so, or, or you have medical expertise. And so there's a number of people that we've already talked to. Riley McMitchins has already expressed an interest in being a part of that. He leads our host team. Uh, David has already expressed an interest in being a part of that. Nate is putting it together. Nate, everybody knows Nate. He doesn't have to stand up. But if you want to be a part of that team, uh, see one of these guys See Nate in particular. We're going to put it together. We've been talking about it, and we got to do it, okay? So um, we want to see more people come. But as we increase numerically, we also want to increase the strength of our relationships. We don't just want to get more people. We want to increase the strength of our relationships. And one area in particular that I believe God wants us to grow in is the area of ministry to marriages, Now, I know not everybody in our church is married, and we want you to know if you're not married that you are a vital, vital, vital part of this community. In fact, the Bible says this, that those who are single actually have some benefits in serving God that married people don't. Nevertheless, marriage is really a demonstration of God's love and God's plan on the earth. And so we believe that a church is not any stronger than the strength of the marriages in the church. In fact, Justine shared a word in our pre-service prayer time, a vision about marriages that were having uh, uh, like vines growing up over them, things that were being overgrown. And we want to see those things pulled back. We want to see the work of the enemy that wants to bring division and discouragement broken off of our church. Amen? So we're going to do some practical things. One is we're having a marriage retreat. 
a marriage retreat. And uh, this is going to be a great time that's coming up in April. The dates that we're looking at are April 17th through 18th, so you can mark your calendars for that date, and we'll be giving you more information about it. And uh, another thing that we want to do this year, again, is we're talking about increasing the strength of our relationships. In addition to a marriage retreat, we also want to do a camping trip. All the outdoorsy people said, my time to shine, right? I know some of us are outdoorsy, some of us are indoorsy. Uh, the purpose of this is, uh, is not just to, just to get outside. Really, the purpose of this is to strengthen relationships. How many of you know nothing will strengthen or test a, a relationship quite like camping together? So we have strategically planned the marriage retreat after the camping trip, okay? So anything that comes to the surface on the camping trip, we're going to bring healing to on the marriage retreat, okay? But that, that camping trip is actually going to be at the end of this month, February 28th. Don't worry, it's not Bear grills, you know, out in the wild. Uh, this is more of glamping here, uh, kind of in our local area. But uh, we're going to be sharing with you more information about that. Nate is putting that together. Another thing of just, again, strengthening uh, relationships is our original women's conference. Jen took a group of ladies this week. That was all girls, I think, that screamed there. Uh, sound like it. Uh, Jen took a group of ladies uh, this year to the original women's conference in Fort Myers, somewhere in that area. But uh, we, we want to provide an opportunity for all the ladies to get away and enjoy uh, that time of encouragement and that time of faith. And I've got more things that I can cover today. I'm looking at that demonic clock in the back that's <laughs> not my friend today. Another thing that we want to do, and I'm just running through some practical things, but I really want you to hear this. Another thing that we want to do is we're growing, and we want to grow more. That means more people serving. And the reality is that as a church, many of you carry a great amount of weight, and oftentimes don't even get the chance to even come to something without, without having to serve. And so we want to make an opportunity just for all of our volunteers as a part of Team One just to celebrate. And so we're going to be having in the summer months, probably the end of June, first of, uh, week of July, a Team One gala. This is going to be a great time just to celebrate, to uh, have a caterer, a DJ, and just have a, a good time together celebrating uh, what God is doing among us. So Team One Gala is coming up. Now, all of that, again, is under the, the banner of increase, okay? Will you guys give me another 10 minutes? Yeah. Okay, thank you. So increase, multiply. Lord, multiply the time. Increase, multiply. So what does it look like to, to multiply? Sometimes the increase is easy, but the multiply is where we are challenged and so I believe we need to multiply in a number of areas. One is that we multiply our connect groups. Amen. That's really one of the primary ways that we multiply as a church when we take what happens here in one large gathering and we multiply out. And today we're launching a new season of connect groups, which is exciting. And uh, so if you're, if you're a connect group leader, would you just stand up quickly? If you're a connect group leader all over the room, a number of people... Um, these, these people lead groups, 
And after the service today, we're going to have them out in the lobby. You can connect with them and get their information out there. But a new season of Connect Groups. And I really want to encourage all of you, uh, I believe this wholeheartedly, that the greatest way to grow in your spiritual life as a follower of Jesus is in the context of a small group. If all you do is come here on a Sunday, I believe you're missing out on really part of the blessing that God has for us. And so we want to multiply in our connect groups. Another thing that we want to multiply is our alpha. Uh, We've already talked about alpha and what God has done through alpha. Rachel just got back from the alpha conference in Phoenix. And um, alpha is a great environment. If you're unfamiliar with alpha, alpha is an environment for people to explore uh, life and faith, to ask questions. It's a great environment for friends and family that are far from God but close to you to get to explore faith. And so we've been doing Alpha now for a number of years, and we've seen God do some great, great things through it. But we actually have been, now been asked by the Alpha USA uh, to become a, an Alpha Hub church. And that means this, that they want to use us as a model for other churches to see how to do Alpha, which is awesome. That's like a well done for all of you guys that have, have served and um, helped to make that happen week in and week out. And so our vision for Alpha this year is not just to run one Alpha, but it's actually to multiply Alpha out across the city, to partner with other churches that we would see Alpha not just happen in one place, but maybe there's five or 10 or 15 churches that would do Alpha across our city. And so we're going to be holding an Explore Alpha event uh, this month at East End Market. We'll share with you more details about that. But we want to increase, we want to multiply. And then number three, we want to fill the earth. Or should I say God calls us to fill the earth? Now, that means this, that it's not just come to us. It's not just about filling this place. It's about being sent out from this place. And I believe this, that God wants to give us what what I would say is an apostolic mission. That we would not be a church that measures our success just by how many come to us, but how many people are sent out from us. That we need, we, we've been too long, I believe, in this we're a church plant season, and God's calling us not to just be a church plant, but He's calling us to be a sending church. That God's going to begin to give some of you a burning passion for other parts of the world. That God's going to start putting calls on some of your lives to maybe plant a church, maybe go as a missionary to another part of the world or another part of the country. And so we want to fill the earth. In fact, a couple of years ago, Matt Hammer had a, a prophetic word that he sent to me, and I felt this morning compelled to share it with you guys. And I think we have it and can put it up on the screen. And, and what Matt felt is that God had called one church, Park District in particular, to become a, a multicultural church. And, and Matt told me that, and I thought, that's, that's great. I, I love that. Um, and then I began to think about it, and he said, notice how, who gets baptized. And I started looking at who was getting baptized, and it was, you know, somebody from Denmark, somebody from England, uh, somebody from um, Brazil. It was nations of the earth. And, and I believe that's indicative of what God's called us to be and to do as a church, that we are a, a, ch- a local church with a heart for the nations, and so I want to read this word, and I, I believe that God wants to stir our hearts with it, and then I'm, I'm going to wrap up quickly. But 
This is the word that Matt gave to me, and I believe it's a word for all of us as a church. I've had it in my heart for a couple of years and felt like I need to share it with you this morning. It says this, God is commissioning a multicultural anointing for healing. The Holy Spirit is doing a new thing and sending out His people for end times revival to awaken the sleeping saints for the end time harvest. Powerful signs and wonders will follow as we step out in faith. Jewish, Spanish, black, Portuguese, white, British, all will be saved. Amen? As this commissioning has no preference except to offer grace to the lost and hurting people across our cultures. Will our diverse people step out and join the Lord in the works he's prepared for us to bring hope, healing, and salvation in Christ through the power of the gospel and miraculous signs and wonders Bless you, Father, so it will be done in the name of the Lord for his glory. Amen. This, what, what God's saying through this word, and this again has been, I've had it saved in my Evernote for two years, and I felt like the Lord just said, share that this morning. God is saying he's wanting to release a multicultural anointing. He's wanting to do something among us that would, that would really be a little picture of heaven. How many of you know in heaven... Not everybody looks like this guy. I'll say, some of you are like too excited about bullying me now. No, it's true. God, in heaven, everybody looks like this. And I, as I was thinking about it this morning, I just thought, how cool is it? I was thinking about the couple, the first couple that met and married in our church here, Eddie and Tiffany. Would you guys stand up? Come on. What a beautiful, what a beautiful picture. You guys can turn around so they can see your faces, not just my face. But what a beautiful picture of heaven on earth. Now, I know we all look different and we celebrate the diversity and who God has made us to be, but heaven is not just looking like me, sounding like me. That means that if we love God and we're following Jesus, we've got to have a heart for the nations a heart for the, the, the different cultures of the world. So we're going to do some practical things. One is we're going to be having a culture festival this year. Culture festival is just a moment that we're going to celebrate the cultures that we have represented in our church and the cultures of the world that, that are spread all over. Uh, it, it, we're going to have uh, cross-cultural music and food and, and art and all kinds of things, and it's going to be a great thing. We'll share with you more information about that but just stirring our hearts with the vision that God has called us to. That we're not just reaching this little, small demographic in our Park District community, but yes, we're a local church, but we've got a global vision. Global vision. Maybe you won't move to another country, but your heart should beat for the nations of the world. Your heart should stir God save the people across the world. God save the people across the street. And so we want to stir our hearts for people far from God. We're going to do that in a, another way is our missions trips. We've already shared with you two missions trips, one to El Salvador and one to Kenya. And uh, if you are thinking of going on those, I just want to encourage you to finalize that as quickly as possible. Another thing that we want to do is we want to begin to take steps towards church planting now, some of you hear that and you go, don't we, just, don't we want to grow here before we do that? And the answer is yes. 
How many of you know that when it comes to having babies, you're never ready? Yeah? I've got four babies, and I'm still not ready to have kids, okay? Uh, so you don't, get, you don't wait until you're ready. You, you, you step out. You do it. And, and so in terms of planting churches, yes, there's practical things that we can do, but I believe that we're gonna, we, we need to start taking steps of faith. And then the last thing that I want you to see is we're talking about filling the earth. If we're going to go to the ends of the earth, I believe that, you know, you can't export what you don't have at home. And so, yes, we do want to go to the ends of the earth, but if we're going to fill the earth, there certainly needs to be a place that we, a little piece of earth right here that we can fill to begin with. And so I believe what that is is that God wants to give us a church building. I know that's something that we've talked about, and it continues to be in my heart. And, and I, I believe that God wants to give us a, a facility that would not just be a church home, so that's not just a place for us, but it would actually be a church hub that would be open to the community. The, the name that's been in my heart for some time is the Open House. And that, I, I just see that that would be a place that would be to the community. It would be a place that's open for events and activities and it would serve the needs of our church. It would be a place where we could hold Alpha. It's a place where we could hold workshops and classes and events. Uh, a place that we could put on block parties and other types of events. And so we're forming a building team uh, to begin to put together the practicalities of that. I've asked Matt Hammer to put that together. And a number of you have already mentioned that too. But for those of you that have expertise in real estate or uh, business, you have uh, experience in that sort of thing, we want to glean from your experience to accomplish what God has called us to. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so those are a lot of things, but I believe that we can do it, not in our own strength, but that God can do it. Like the scripture said, that, that Abram believed in him, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So can we do these things in our own strength? No, we can't. But yes, we can in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Sean. Right answer. Would you all stand up to your feet this morning? The worship team, you guys can come.